Thank you for watching today's broadcast. For more video content, I'd encourage you to visit our website, firstpressatl.org. We'd love to see you here sometime at the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street to join us for worship. Thanks again for watching. We have been making our way through the lectionary text this Advent, and both our texts are also from the lectionary today. Our second reading comes from Luke's Gospel and is the scene where the pregnant Mary goes to visit the pregnant Elizabeth. Hear now God's word from the Gospel of Luke, verses 39 through 45, through 55, excuse me, of chapter 1. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now I invite you to keep your seats. We're going to sing hymn number 99, which is a musical setting of the text I just read, Mary's song that we call the Magnificat.
Let us pray. God, may these old words speak to us anew this holy day. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. I had a conversation about a month ago that's been stuck in my head ever since. I was at the book fair at Caroline's school. I was doing my volunteer shift. And another parent and I were assigned to check people out as they bought their books. You all know about the book fair, yes? They come and set up a lot of books in the school library, and kids come in and scope them out and make a wish list, and then they come back with some money or a parent. This was the last day of the book fair to set the scene, so it was hectic, it was noisy, and all the kids were acting like they had to get that book that morning at that fair or they would never get to read it in their whole entire lives. So this was not a place where I was expecting to have a deep conversation or to think about Advent at all. This other mom and I who were working the checkout line, we said hello, we know each other, and our kids are the same age and they're friends, but I didn't know her well. We had never had an extended conversation. So I was frankly just expecting to do our volunteer work and chat in the way you do, you know? How's your family? Busy time of year. Wish it would stop raining, that sort of thing. But that isn't what happened at all. We helped this precocious second grader buy a journal she wanted with all her heart that had a tiny lock and a unicorn on the front. And then this parent turned to me and she didn't say, how's your family? She said, how are you talking with your kids about all the darkness in the world? I was taken aback. No one had asked me that so directly before, but I guess she knew that I'm a pastor and she did know that our kids are the same age. So between book sales, we really talked. She shared that her family's anxiety level has come to an unhealthy baseline and that she's watched her kids become more fearful as they hear about school and recently synagogue shootings. We talked about trying to shield our kids from some of the news around us and how much they see and hear and take in anyway. We talked about the very specific challenge of raising kids to really see other people and to choose compassion when the world is so heavy with pain and hate and violence. We talked about protecting them, but not living in fear or teaching them that fear will win and about how hard that is when our own anxiety and our own fears are growing too. Then we had this little kindergartner come up to her, come up to us and bless her heart, she had literally saved all her pennies for a sticker book. So it took us a while to count them, penny by penny. And then this parent turned back to me and she had tears in her eyes and she said, how do you cut through the noise? After a while, what can you even say? That question hit me close to home. Maybe you've had similar conversations. I can't even count how many times in talking with friends and neighbors, we've lamented together the very same darkness we've been naming in worship this Advent season. How many times I've heard, and I've even said it myself, that our nation is so divided, so polarized. 
how often I've read about desperate people trying to find safe homes for their children, about refugees stuck in camps, unable to go forward and unable to go back. How many times I've watched the temperature outside drop and known that some of our friends are outside because there just isn't enough of the right kind of housing for them to be safe and warm. Or how often I've checked the morning headlines very first thing with dread, hoping that I won't see more news of threats. And now, in recent weeks, how many times our little family has talked through the experience of being on active shooter lockdown in middle school. I can't count how many times I, like my new friend at the good old book fair, have felt helpless in the face of all that darkness and have longed for a voice that would cut through that noise with a message of hope. That's really what she's looking for. She wants a word of hope to say to her kids who are learning about the world's brokenness and trying to make sense of it. She's looking for something she can do to bring light where there's dark. She's looking for a good word in the face of everything we can't control or fix. What can we say? Her question is the question of all of history. Where is our hope? When will this broken world be redeemed? I was obviously surprised by that conversation, and the book fair just isn't a place where I expect to have a devotional of any kind. But what is Advent if not a time to be surprised? Looking back on it, that's where my own Advent waiting started, right there, surrounded by kids and books and harried parents. I heard the cry of a neighbor, and I remembered that we wait for the one who is the hope and redemption of all the world. So this Advent, in my own harriedness, and it's been harried, I've been trying to read the news and scripture with new ears, listening for voices that remind us all that this darkness is not the last word. This morning, both our texts cut through the noise to speak hope into our waiting. The prophet Micah spoke hope to a people who were desperate for it. The verses Sarah Kate just read for us are to the people of Jerusalem as they are under siege, literal siege, that political or military move that's designed to choke out a group's ability to survive, to literally cut them off from hope so that they can be overpowered and controlled. Micah speaks into that darkness about one who will come who will not stand on military strength, but will care for his people. This ruler to come, Jesus, the Messiah, will show strength, but not with violence, by bringing peace. Mary sings of that same ruler, but for Mary, he's not far off. He's the hope of the world growing in her own body as her infant son. This beautiful piece of poetry in Luke's gospel is called the Magnificat for the Latin translation of, word, of Mary's word when she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. This fourth Sunday of Advent, Mary's voice cuts through the noise. Today I offer three claims from Mary's song that I hope can help carry us into the wonder and the faithful work 
that will begin again tomorrow. First, Mary shows us that this world, including every one of us, needs to be saved. Now, we might not think of that as Mary's message or even really think of Mary as a prophet. All through history and art, she's shown as meek, gentle, patient. In other parts of scripture, she's described as thoughtful and obedient and believing and worshipful. We sing every year, Mary was that mother, fill in the blank, mild. Y'all don't know that hymn. (laughs) Mary was that mother, mild. Jesus Christ, her little child. Our own nativity window just here on my left shows her as she often is pictured in a cool blue with a soft expression her face turned downward, looking quietly and lovingly at her baby. But before that moment, before any cleaned up moment after Jesus has been born, we hear Mary sing this song. We can see why she's called thoughtful and worshipful, but her song is not mild and meek. This is not a woman who is just the vessel to get Christ into the world. These are the words of a prophet. And she's singing about a massive upheaval in the world. It could be easy to miss it and how bold it is when we hear it as a lovely piece of music, like the hymn we just sang. But just like the Old Testament prophets and Micah, Mary's proclaiming that a ruler is coming to turn the whole world upside down. And that ruler is her own baby. Have you all heard the song, Mary, Did You Know? Yes, getting some nods on that one. Good. Christmas radio plays it every hour. If you haven't heard it, you can listen to it on your way home. Part of it says, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? Did you know that your baby is Lord of all creation and would one day rule the nations? The answer is yes. Mary knew that is exactly what she proclaims when she sings the Magnificat. She knows who is coming, and she knows how much the world needs him. Mary sings because she is looking for hope, too. She sings because she knows what it is to be lowly and powerless because she lives in a time of violence and political oppression. She sings because she believes in a new order where peace and justice will reign. She sings because the world needs to be saved and her baby is coming to save it. Second, Mary tells us that the one who will save us is unlike any ruler the world has ever known. Mary sings about how the world desperately needs a strong leader, but she flips the script on what it means to be strong. When Mary sings that the Lord has shown strength with his arm, she gives us a new definition for strength. So the one who is coming, our Lord, will not be a military ruler who will consolidate power. He will use strength to bring peace. He will not intimidate the vulnerable into submission. He will not take advantage of those in need. He will lift up the lowly. He will not gather up power and riches. He will bring down the powerful, will send the rich away empty, 
and will fill the hungry with good things. Our Lord's strength will look nothing like the kind of strength we know. Our Lord will use strength in mercy. As we all move from Advent waiting into a Christmas faith, Mary's song invites us to reconsider how we define strength. For example, when someone faces a hard diagnosis or a long treatment or the death of a loved one or the loss of a job or a marriage, how many times have you heard someone say, she's staying strong or he's going to be okay, he's a strong person? What do we really mean by that? We may mean that that person isn't telling us how they feel or how hard it is that they're living. It may mean that we think they can handle the situation themselves, and we may say that they're strong so that we don't have to find something to say in a situation we can't fix. But that isn't the kind of strength our Lord brings. Or maybe you've described someone as having very strong opinions. I know I have, not church members. Sometimes what I really mean by that is that I've found them to be confrontational or rigid in their ideas, or I'm frustrated because they will not hear other perspectives. But again, that is not the kind of strength our Lord brings. We talk all the time about strong leaders, too, don't we? Throughout history, the measure of strength for a leader has been how they gather up power and resources and followers. Strength seems to mean having the last word, getting your way, winning at all costs. It means not showing emotion or connecting with human pain, but being unaffected by the world's hurt. It means going it alone, refusing to concede any power that might be lost in collaboration or compromise. According to our world, since the beginning of human leaders, a strong leader does not gather people together, but arms himself against other people. This is not the kind of strength our Lord brings. Now Mary doesn't sing about King Herod by name, but his shadow falls on her as she sings. When she's talking about the rich and the proud and the powerful on their thrones, she's talking about King Herod and all who are like him, and all who try to curry favor with him. I can't help but think about the contrast between the Lord she carries in her womb and one who keeps power at any cost, preserves his own reputation, suspects everyone around him, and divides people from one another. That is not the kind of strength we seek. Our strong leader uses the strength of his arm to bring the world justice and mercy. Our world needs to be saved, and the one coming to save us is unlike any other ruler. Third and finally, Mary's song reminds us that God uses ordinary people to bring light into the darkness. As we remember every year and will read again tomorrow, Mary was surprised. Mary was a most unlikely candidate to carry a savior, an unwed teenage girl with no pedigree. But here she is, 
not only carrying the hope of the world, but already envisioning what his birth will mean. In this meeting between Elizabeth and Mary, we see them living into their part of bringing redemption to the world. Mary sings in this particular verb tense that in Greek conveys past, present, and future all at one time. So when she sings that he has shown strength with his arm, even though that sounds like past tense in our English translation, what she's saying is that God has always been and will always be at work reversing the expectations of people. So we have a lot to learn from this holy mother today. She's not passive. She's not just waiting for Jesus to be born so she can hand him off and he can go be the Lord. She magnifies God because she knows God has called her to bring light as well. She's not just a vessel, but a witness to God's will. And she teaches her son that vision. Mary is, after all, Jesus's mother. She parents our Savior, who is fully human and fully divine. All children learn something from their parents and emulate them. So when we hear Mary describing a new order for the world, we know that Jesus heard that message. He heard her definition of strength. He heard this vision of a new world, a world where the lower lifted up and the powerful are brought down. As Christians, we have a light to bring too. We carry that same vision with us into our homes and our schools and our church and our community. So friends, the birth we will celebrate tomorrow and the next day is not the end of our journey, but it's new beginning. And Mary's voice breaks into our noisy world this last Sunday of Advent to prepare us for what comes next. She invites us to rethink all the ways we seek strength over mercy. She calls us not to let Christmas come and go again without the world being turned upside down. I think back to my neighbor, whom I now call a friend, asking me at our kids' school what we can say when the darkness seems vast and we feel helpless. We can say with honesty, that we need to be saved. We can say no to any show of so-called strength that denies another's pain or takes away their power or keeps people apart. We can invite our Lord to use us as lights in the world, standing on the promise that the darkness will never defeat the light. We can say that the hope of the world is coming soon and we can sing while we wait. Come, Lord Jesus, while we are waiting, come. Amen. Amen.